Welcome to Lead Culture with Ginny Katrin, brought to you by Foresight, a podcast all about building confident leaders, extraordinary teams, and thriving cultures. The goal is to equip you to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. Thank you for choosing to listen today and enjoy this episode. Well, hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Katrin, founder and CEO of The Foresight Group. Happy New Year. Can you believe here we are in 2022? And I'm wondering, how are you engaging the new year? Optimistic, hopeful, maybe tentative? Do you kind of find yourself holding your breath a little bit? Because if I'm honest, I do. What does this year have in store for us? After the past two years, it seems we all enter this new year with a little less enthusiasm, right? And maybe a bit more trepidation. I don't know if that's you, but that's a little bit of like how I've kind of cautiously stepped into the new year. But here's the thing. I'm committed to not entering 2022 with a sense of what folks call foreboding joy. Brene Brown is famous for talking about this idea of foreboding joy. It's that fear that I can't enjoy what's good because I'm afraid that the other shoe may drop at any moment. Do you know what that feels like, right? It's feeling the need to always prepare for the worst. I can be terrible about this because I always try to anticipate, right? I'm always trying to have the foresight to look out ahead and anticipate what's coming. But sometimes that causes me to miss the joy of the moment. And that's the thing I want to be really conscious of as I move into 2022 is to not let that tentativeness or maybe a little bit of fear of what does this year hold keep me from enjoying what is good. Because as leaders, we're tasked with setting vision. And a key part of vision casting is giving people hope for what's possible. Now, it's not Pollyanna naivete or toxic positivity, but it's looking for where God is at work what he's calling us to, and then providing a picture that helps others find themselves in that vision too. This is what we get to do as leaders, you guys. It's calling those we lead to a sense of purpose that transcends the challenges that may be in front of us. Because you know what? Challenges are going to come. I promise you 2022 is going to have its list of things that we'll be talking about when we get to the end of the year. But let's not miss what is good. Let's not miss the sense of purpose and the vision that's in front of us. Now, you might have noticed that we've started the new year here on the podcast with a few updates, which I am so excited about. First, we've changed the name of the podcast to Lead Culture with Jenny Katrin. And this new title, Lead Culture, really reflects the two key topics that you guys know I'm personally passionate about. And my team and I are more committed than ever to focusing on because I think these topics of leadership and culture are so key to being able to lead forward. So we want to cultivate confident leaders and thriving team cultures. I think these things are going to be really key for success in the year to come. And in the next few weeks, we're going to be announcing some more exciting developments here on the podcast. We've got some other good stuff cooking. I can't quite announce it yet. But I'm super excited about this year and what it holds for the podcast. So I am so glad you're a part of this community already. And I do hope that you will share and you will tell others about it as we hopefully continue to provide you some great content and great insights in the year ahead. 
And as we kick off the new year, I want to focus on an idea that keeps kind of sticking with me. It's the idea that we as leaders need to think differently to lead better. We need to think differently to lead better. Because I found over and over again in my leadership journey that there are times that I need to change my perspective in order to lead my team to a new level. Like I have to think differently. I'm stuck in some way of thinking or some way of leading. And I need to think differently about it so that I can lead better. So this month on the podcast, we're going to focus on a few things that I think we need to think differently about this year as leaders. This is the stuff that's been kind of on the top of my mind as I've been praying and thinking about the year to come. What are the things we need to focus on? And here's a few things. It's not exhaustive, but here are a few things we're going to talk about this month on the podcast. First is your team. I believe that developing your team and your culture is going to be some of the most important work that you can do this year as a leader. Like, I really believe this. I think having a healthy, strong, unified team working effectively together is going to be a game changer for your organization. Recruiting and retaining staff continues to be a challenge. And I believe that standout organizations will prioritize the development of their team. So more on that to come. Secondly, I think self-leadership is going to be a key topic. We've got to keep thinking differently about how do we lead ourselves well. And this one is always a biggie, but resilience is a differentiator for leaders right now. We must lead ourselves well in order to lead others better. We've got to have that ability to be resilient and responsive and keep adjusting to the leadership landscape. I think this idea of self-leadership is going to continue to be key for our ability to lead well. An interesting factor that we'll look at in an upcoming episode is how fear may be keeping you from leading yourself well. I have a really fascinating conversation with a key leader in an episode we'll get to later this month and really challenging us on fear and how that may be holding us back as leaders. So we're going to dig into that. And finally, we're going to start our discussions today talking about the topic of change. The topic of change. See, there's a familiar quote from Heraclitus, who was a Greek philosopher, and he says that change is the only constant in life. Change is the only constant in life. Change has certainly been a constant for us as leaders these past two years, and the more comfortable we get with leading through change, the more successful we'll be. So logically, we know that change is a part of life, And it is certainly a part of leadership. But history is a graveyard of leaders and organizations that were unwilling to navigate change at critical moments. Let me say that again. We know that change is a part of life, don't we? We know that. And it's certainly a part of leadership. But history is a graveyard of leaders and organizations that were unwilling to navigate change at critical moments. So think through brands that have gone bye-bye, right? Like think through brands that you might've loved when you were a kid that no longer exist or that refuse to change and adapt to technology or, you know, just culture in general, right? There are leaders who were unwilling to navigate change at critical moments. And as a result, they're non-existent. An entire body of work is delegated to organizational life cycles and the study of how to prevent an organization from going into decline and ultimately death. So this is not an uncommon thing where leaders were resistant to change. And as a result, it led them into decline 
or even to the, you know, the closing of their business or organization or whatever it might be. There's a whole body of work that's dedicated to that topic. I've never met a leader who wanted his or her organization to slip down the backside of like that organizational bell curve into decline. And yet statistics tell us that the majority don't succeed. In fact, the Small Business Administration states that 30% of new businesses fail during the first two years of being open, 50% during the first five years, and 66% during the first 10 years. So 66% of businesses close within the first 10 years of existence. Only 25% make it to 15 years or more. And for those in the church world, Every year, more than 4,000 churches close their doors compared to just over 1,000 new church starts. So this happens both in the business and in the ministry space. There is a high rate of it not working, right, of us not succeeding. The statistics aren't encouraging at all. So we have to ask the question, what sets thriving organizations apart? Why do they succeed when the majority fail? Granted, failure is rarely overnight, and this is what makes it tricky, you guys. Notice that for new businesses, 70% are still going in year two, but that percentage flip-flops by the time the business is 15 years old. Yikes. So clearly, we start strong, but with time, we drift toward decline. Now, I've been using stats and talking here about businesses or organizations, but I want you to think about this as a leader. Like, you know, in our early days of leadership, we're much more ambitious, we're willing to take risks, we're embracing of change. But as time goes on, we get more conservative, we get more risk adverse. And I think we see a similar pattern in our leadership if we're not careful and causes us to lead our organizations towards decline. Now, here's an interesting stat on churches. The average church that makes it to seven years has a lifespan of 80 years. So if you can make it to that seven-year mark, then you've got a much greater potential to make it to like 80 years plus. So the point here is that longevity does not appear to be our natural strength, right? Like we start strong, but we don't always finish strong. And so it's a small percentage of organizations, churches, and I would say leaders that finish strong. And that's what I want us to be aware of. It's what we need to think differently about is that change is part of what's essential for us to succeed as leaders for the long haul, for us to lead our organizations effectively for the long haul. So the question I have for you is what must change? Because it's not a question of if anything should change, what must change, who must change? Why don't we change when it's a matter of succeeding or failing? Because my suspicion is that the reason why the majority of businesses or churches don't succeed after those first few years is because of resistance to change that was necessary to survive. And so as leaders, we've got to be willing to pay attention to what must change. We've got to think differently about change. And instead of resisting it, look at how do we embrace it in a way that will help us successfully achieve our mission or our vision. I once heard Seth Godin explain our resistance to change in this way. You might have heard me talk about this before because I just love this so much. He said, we resist change because it pushes us to a place of incompetence. See, no one enjoys feeling incompetent, do we? I don't like to feel like I don't know what I'm doing, and I certainly don't want somebody else to know that I don't know what I'm doing, right? So we resist change because it pushes us to a place of incompetence. I don't know how to do this. I'm having to make a change and learn something I don't know or lead through something I've never experienced before. 
So if change requires us to confront the unfamiliar or the uncomfortable, then our nature is to resist it. Let me say that again. If change requires us to confront the unfamiliar or the uncomfortable, therefore I don't feel competent in doing it, then my nature is to resist it. So this is where we've got to be conscious of this as leaders so that we can make better decisions about how to lead through change. Because this is really the crux of the matter. When a leader is unwilling to face their own discomfort and incompetence, they will not lead their team or their organization to confront discomfort and incompetence. And slowly, the organization will lose momentum and ultimately drift to decline and possibly disillusion. In most cases, this progression is slow and nearly indecipherable. And so this is what's important for us to realize, leaders, that when we are just subtly resistant to change and we don't want to face the uncomfortable or the unfamiliar, we may be leading our teams or our organization to this subtle progression into decline or ineffectiveness. If the leader is not willing to confront their own discomfort and be alert for necessary change, they will most likely lead the organization into decline. So I want you to be thinking about that for this year. This is how I want us to think differently about, hey, it's not that we need to just haphazardly change things. I'm not suggesting that at all. But because of all of the moving parts and things that have happened, especially over the past couple of years, it it has required some change and you've already done that. My fear is that we might start to rest on our laurels. We've had so much change that's been forced upon us that as we move into the next year, we might be inclined to just resist change because we just want a breather. Well, congratulations, change is our reality. It's part of leadership. So we've got to get more comfortable with the uncomfortable. Next, Max Dupree is known for his belief that the first task of the leader is to define reality. And in this case, the leader must be willing to confront what must change both in yourself and within the organization. So with clarity on what must not change, which we know that there are certain things that don't change, purpose and mission, those things don't change, right? We got to be clear on that. I've talked about that a lot over the past year, about that clarity of purpose and clarity of mission so that we still know what we're working towards. So we're clear that those things are not changing. But a leader must be perpetually curious and hunting for what must change, what needs to change to enable us to continue to achieve that purpose or that mission. In fact, the perspective shift that is essential for every leader at every level is to see yourself as a change agent, right? We all have to recognize that that is part of what we do as leaders is we help lead through change. You must be continually committed to identifying what needs to change and then persistent to leading through it at a pace that others can stand. Now, that's a key phrase right there, and one that I don't have a ton of time to unpack right now, but that we have to lead people through change at a pace that they can stand. So again, back to that, we don't need to be haphazard or inconsiderate or reckless with change, but we need to lead people through change at a pace they can stand. So what must change? This is a question we've got to ask. So we're trying to determine smart change. What is smart change? Change that is essential. Uh, Oftentimes when I'm working with clients on organizational direction and design, we often do a common strategic planning exercise just that I call keep, start, and stop. And essentially, we evaluate the organization in those three categories, keep, start, stop, making an exhaustive list of what we need to keep doing, what we need to start doing, and what we need to stop doing. 
Now, you, you're probably familiar with this, but a simple exercise that can be really, really powerful. Now, that keep list is usually pretty long. We like what we do. It's known and comfortable. And we can typically always give it an emotional plea for keeping our pet projects, right? We always have a reason why we keep things. The start list is usually the most energizing discussion. These are the ideas that have been brewing, opportunities on the horizon. You know, it's kind of the dreaming part of the exercise. And this list is usually not difficult. There are plenty of things that we want to start. It's just a matter of if or can we. But when we're talking about just what we want to start, we can usually make that list pretty quickly. But the challenge emerges when we get to the stop list. Without fail, this is where the conversation stalls. Because we don't like restraint, do we? We don't want to stop things. More is better, right? Wrong. More is not better. More is just more. And adding more without strategically stopping just leads to exhaustion and overwhelm. If we want to keep everything and start a bunch of new things, we're setting ourselves up for failure or at a minimum, mediocrity, because we're spread so thin that we're going to do everything kind of mediocre. Another element of change that we dislike is letting go. Now, I have a personal rule that I can't add anything to my closet without giving away an item. Sounds reasonable, right? Until you have to actually make a decision to let something go. So this simple rule really makes me think twice about buying maybe that new pair of jeans or shoes. Do I really want to give something up? What am I willing to part with? And so the the addition of something new to my closet, because I have this rule, makes me think twice so that I'm not just adding without really bearing the consequence for what I have to give away. Now, that's a really silly kind of simple example, although I will say it works really well in keeping your closet organized. But it, it gives you a picture of what that looks like organizationally, right? You could like like picture your organization as a cluttered closet where you just keep adding, 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 adding. And then all of a sudden you don't even know what's there or you're not even keeping up with it all because you've added and added and added without letting some things go. So we do this organizationally. We can quickly identify what we want to add. But if that means having to give something up, we'll think twice about it. We need to think twice about it. We're okay with change when it means addition. We dislike change when it means subtraction. So think about that. It's not that your organization doesn't change or that you haven't led through change. Often you can lead through change that involves addition without too much pushback because everybody gets excited. Now, maybe if it's putting more workload on team members or something, you might get some more pushback. But oftentimes, if it's something people are excited about, we can add it. We can make that change without too much trouble. But when it means subtraction is when we get resistance. When change means letting go, we're much more reluctant to embrace it. So as leaders, we have to lead ourselves and others to embrace change and not just the change of addition, but the change of letting go, the change of subtraction. And this means we have to learn to evaluate change effectively in order to make decisions that lead to smart change. There's a common assumption that people don't like change. And I really don't believe that's the case. We like change that we can control. We like change that involves new things that we can see and conceptualize. We don't like change that is unknown or uncomfortable. Consider an organizational restructure, for instance. Most employees cringe at the idea of organizational changes, don't they? 
And the reason why is because their past experience has probably been frustrating, maybe traumatizing, or just frankly confusing. So they are predisposed to resist organizational change. I go through this all the time and when I'm leading teams through uh, organizational structure workshop, right? That oftentimes their team has had a frustrating, traumatizing, or confusing experience with organizational structure change, and therefore they resist it. And my assumption when I hear resistance in an organization to, to do organizational structure changes is that these decisions or changes were made poorly in the past and therefore have created a negative perception in the culture. In organizations that have a healthy habit of smart organizational changes, employees are much less resistant to change because they trust that their leaders make smart changes, not haphazard changes. Guys, this is how we need to think differently. How do I make smart change, not haphazard change? So this is why the responsibility lies with us as leaders to be smart with change. When we're leading through change, employees' emotional health and sense of safety are on the line. Guys, when we're leading through change, regardless of the intensity of that change, there is emotional reaction to it. There is a sense of, am I okay? Am I safe? Is my place secure? Employees are asking all of those questions when we lead through change. So when we lead through change, their emotional health and their sense of safety are on the line. And we need to understand that as leaders. It doesn't mean that we don't do the change. It just means we lead that change smartly. When employees don't believe we have their best interest at heart, they're not going to trust the change and therefore they might be resistant to engage. In fact, they will be resistant to engage it. So this is what I want you to be thinking about as you enter this year is how do you need to think differently about change? What must change? So maybe you do that exercise of what do you need to keep start or stop. It's a great discussion and a great exercise to just get you thinking. What must change? And more critically, what must you do to lead differently through change, to lead smart change this year? There's no doubt that 2022 will bring more change. It's coming. It's part of it. You're probably already navigating it. But my hope for you is that you'll think differently and lead better this year. Thank you for listening to the Lead Culture Podcast with Ginny Katrin, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at getforesight.com. That's the word podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you listen to quality podcasts so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from Lead Culture with Jenny Katrin. Your comments mean the world to us, so please consider taking a quick moment to rate and review our podcast. Remember, you need foresight for success. We'll see you next time.